Well, hello, and thank you for joining us for our next edition of our Together We Believe podcast. Uh, My name is Fred Schmidt, one of the pastors here at Hillcrest Bible Church, and we're having a blast this summer going each week, supplementing uh, what we learn about on Sunday in in our sermon series called Together We Believe. And uh, we love to sit down with one of our own people and learn about how we can practically and tangibly learn from them and experience our life uh, and, and joy with Jesus and, uh, and work on closing that gap between what we believe to be true in our minds and what we experience as real in our hearts. And so today, I am excited to say we're, we're here with David Bartosik and Jim Willie as we consider these symbols that we observe. And we always love, as we start any of these, we love to hear the human side before we get in all the junk that we're going to talk about. So, so Jim, why don't you just tell us a little bit of uh, who you are, your, your wife, your kids, um, and just some connection around here in, uh, in uh, Southern Wisconsin. Great, yeah. So, I'm Jim Willie. I'm a husband of Kathy and father of Zach, Alex, Nicholas, and Luke. Um, We've been coming to Hillcrest for about 10 years now. We live down in Evansville, and this has been a big part of our life. Uh, Hillcrest has been a a major um, cornerstone for all we do as a family. And you and I both have a unique, uh, a unique experience because we both have uh, at least one thing in common of, of many, but we have one thing. What's that one thing we have in common, Jim? SoCal. Yes, it <laughs> is. So give us a little background of uh, what brought you out from uh, Southern California to the great state of Wisconsin. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you, we were living in Southern California, caught up in the rat race, um, raising our kids in a house with uh, a very, very small yard. And having four boys, it was madness, and, and we needed some space. You go out in the backyard, and it's like a postage stamp, and you can't play ball, you can't kick a ball, you can't throw it. Uh, so you got to try to go to a park, and the parks are crowded and crazy. And we kind of looked at ourselves and said, hey, what are we doing? There's got to be a better way. And so Kathy and I kind of talked about it, and we decided, hey, let's, let's give this a shot. Let, let's move to Wisconsin. Of course, we had family out here, or I had family out here, so that was a nice start and, and, and help, you know, kind of with that transition. But just a, a, a major life change for us, slowing the pace, moving to a yeah. town with uh, one stoplight versus Southern California and all the madness you see on TV. Yeah, and, and, and did you, did you uh, was this the first time you mowed your lawn? Did you have lawn care providers back in Southern California, or were you doing your own lawn care back in Southern California? I, I was one of the few who actually did their own you lawn care. You are a good man. Yes. You're yeah. a good man. When we moved out here to Wisconsin, uh, started mowing my lawn and, and uh, was trying to figure out, is that something I want to do? And, and then I saw my 80-year-old uh, female neighbor out mowing her lawn, and I was really convicted, and I thought, man, maybe I should be mowing my lawn. Then I thought, nah, forget that. Let's go pay a high school kid to mow the lawn. (laughs) Fred, what's on the top of our agenda tonight? Well, we're excited to kind of dig in a little bit into into your life and your experience around these symbols that we observe, mainly baptism and communion. And so, Jim, give us a little insight into the kind of religious and faith background that you grew up with. Yeah, so I, I was actually born 
here in Wisconsin and was baptized in, in the Lutheran Church right here in Oregon mm. as an infant and uh, moved to California and was raised out there. Uh, but during this time, you know, growing up, church was, was really not part of our lives. Mm. Uh, we didn't go to church uh, other than maybe Christmas and Easter, weddings and funerals. That was really our church experience as mm -hmm. a child. And so when Kathy and I got married, we kind of felt this, this, there was a tug, but we didn't know where to go. And so Kathy had had some experience with the Methodist church. And so we tried our luck at the Methodist church and it was so-so uh, kind of hit and miss. If there was a good football game on, um, you know, that was a good excuse not to go to church. So we weren't really, just things weren't clicking with us. And, and of course now on. back in Wisconsin, that's an even harder thing, right? Because <laughs> there's actually good football here. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> of course. The way it worked out for us is a friend introduced us to a non-denominational church called South Hills and the pastor there was uh, just a different kind of a guy. The whole church itself was a different experience. Mm. They were meeting in these portable trailers uh -huh. and instead of having a choir they had a small rock band and uh, the, the pastor was was not only was he engaging but he was also um, really somewhat entertaining but really had a, a down-to-earth sense about him and he spoke in a way that I'd never seen in a church and we were missing all of the rituals and traditions mm -hmm. of a normal church that I was used to so for us, it was really, we started to, to realize that church really isn't about the building and the, the rituals and the traditions. Church is really more about the community. It's about mm. that, that connection with Christ and that connection with, with fellow believers. And so kind of in this different environment, what did that do for you guys? Because is, is this where you learned more about Jesus, I mean, away from all the ritual, is this where he became more real to you? Absolutely. That's where I took ownership of my relationship with Christ. Mm. Prior to that, it was more about this sense of, of knowing there was something deep within me that knew mm. I should be going to church. But what I, what I couldn't figure out is how does that relate? How, how, do, I, how do I grow closer? How, how mm. do I really developed that relationship with Christ. And that's what we learned through that original church, South Hills. And then when we came yeah. here to Hillcrest, we really started growing in our faith. But it was that focus on that personal relationship with Christ and then that, that relationship with fellow believers. And there's two elements that Jesus has mandated within the context of that local group of believers, communion and baptism, these symbols we observe. And so what was your experience? Uh, both growing up and then in these uh, these these uh, non-denominational Bible churches, uh, what was the view of baptism and communion from your vantage point? Yeah, well, I, I will tell you, uh, being baptized in the Lutheran Church as an infant, um, of course, I don't remember that, but uh, that always kind of stuck with me, and I always felt that that really was my baptism and I didn't need another one. Mm -hmm. So for many years, I, I kind of 
relied on that as you know part of my salvation is hey look i was baptized so really no matter what mm. i do i'm good I, I already bought my ticket mm. my parents bought it for me by getting <laughs> me baptized but i'm good and as i grew in my faith i realized that that really wasn't the case and that my relationship with christ um, was something that was near and dear to my heart that was sacred to me and that was important for me to go through that adult baptism or that believer baptism process and so it took me a while uh, i had a lot of fear of what i was going to say and how i was going to go through that mm. process um, there was times where i thought well it's hard for me to go through this baptism as an adult because I don't remember the moment that I became a believer. So I don't have this, this magical moment mm -hmm. or this date or mm -hmm. this rock bottom moment where I felt the presence of the Lord surround me and, and, and pull me from this, this horrible place. It was more of a transition for me or a, or a growth. And so the, the baptism was something that was a thoughtful consideration over time and I came to the conclusion that that was important for me to publicly demonstrate and invite us into that thoughtful consideration because what was yeah, going yeah. on in your head that made you say I, I believe though I don't have some spiritual birthday to slap a label on mm -hmm. I am convinced that I'm a follower of Jesus and there's this expression that ought to follow that conversion I had struggled um, I, I, I had various conversations uh, over a period of a couple of years after coming to Hillcrest about, have you been baptized? Would you like to become baptized? I was struggling. And I remember having a conversation with a former pastor. He gave me an analogy of a marriage. Hmm. And he said, you know, you can really just go down to the courthouse. If all you want to do is get married, you can go to the courthouse and just get married and be married, right? But we, we, we have this tradition in the church of standing before our friends and family and publicly declaring our love for one another and vowing to hold that those, those mm -hmm. promises sacred and to keep those. And then we have all of these people surrounding us and holding us accountable, helping us through difficult times. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, the adult baptism is, is very similar to that. Mm -hmm. And that's my public declaration as a disciple of Christ and a follower of Christ, and me declaring that in front of my, my friends, in front of my church family, and having them be able to witness that, celebrate it, and also hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. that, that's, a really, that's a really cool analogy. To, to compare it, and, and I appreciate that. And, and I, I want to go back a little bit. You talked about, you know, well, I wasn't at rock bottom, and, and so mm -hmm. I have this, it's more of a process, not a point in time. And, you know, thank God you you didn't experience what some of a lot of other people experience in, in, in their lives. And yet, your changed life is such a beautiful thing. You know, being from going from death to life in Christ, and thankfully God spared you from, you know, a lot of trouble and tragedy in your life around that. But that doesn't minimize what He did for you. Right. Sometimes it's frustrating for me 
that I don't have that magical moment mm. that I can say yesterday I wasn't a believer and yeah. today I am that that milestone that that significant point where I believed but I, I know that whether I felt that presence during those early years I, I, I don't know that I was really there but as I have grown in my faith I know that I felt that presence in my life and mm -hmm. I knew how important that was in my own journey uh, and that led you to say, I need to get baptized as a reflection of my faith. What did that baptism feel like for you? Well, Fred was there. Mm -hmm. He uh, actually baptized me. But it, At it, Camp it Fairwood? Felt, no, right here. Up in the, up in the auditorium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a really awesome moment. I remember giving my testimony. We went back to the baptismal and just knowing that this was a, uh, a real milestone in my life where I was mm -hmm. taking complete ownership of my faith, really expressing that, that public love for Jesus and saying, I'm, I'm a sinner, I'm completely unworthy, but I gladly accept this gift of salvation. And it was such a magical moment for me personally. It's hard to put that into words, mm -hmm. but there's something inside that that happens that really makes you grateful for the unbelievably lopsided trade of Jesus's sacrifices for my sins. And you get to experience that personally through baptism, and we as observers get to watch the gospel on display through baptism, buried with Christ and raised to new life. But here's the thing, we just are convinced that baptism happens once. We're not weekly getting baptized because Jesus brought in another symbol that we get to observe consistently called communion. Jim, what's communion been like in your life? We hear the baptism story, but then there's this ongoing symbol called communion. Give us a window of maybe what that was like in your growing up years and maybe what communion means post-adult baptism. Communion just wasn't a, it wasn't personal for me. It was more of a, uh, a group experience that, that, that everyone um, to your left and to your right was doing, and so you did it too. So for me, it was just something I was kind of following the crowd when I took communion. That has changed, and now it, it's, it's a real, it's a somber moment for me, and I try to reflect on those final days, final moments, hours, minutes, mm -hmm. when Jesus was preparing to make that sacrifice mm -hmm. for my sins. Mm -hmm. And that becomes a, a pretty heavy moment, um, but also a very happy moment that I'm spared all of that punishment for my sins. And I love seeing it because it's fun to hear our people's stories um, and see some of the emotion that accompanies uh, the stories that they tell. And so, Jim, we get to see some of the emotion that accompanies you speaking about those uh, reflective moments of communion. Tell us a little bit more of where that emotion comes for, for you. Well, I think, there's, I think there's guilt for my sins. I think there's undeserved forgiveness 
and grace, it becomes kind of a heavy moment. For me, I am mindful of my sins. It's a time where you plead for this undeserved forgiveness. And knowing that Christ made that sacrifice, there's a lot of guilt to, to say, you shouldn't have to do that for me, but I'm so glad you did. Uh, we are forgetful people. I forget where I put my keys. I forget where I leave my laptop from time to time. And I need to be reminded because I forget just how powerful a sacrifice this is. And I need to be constantly reminded. Jesus knew that we were forgetful people. And so he instituted this, this uh, supper, this meal for us to be able to remember, just like you were saying. So you're, you got a house full of boys, right? I do. C Kathy is just an angel uh, and, and received some extra grace to, to be in that household. What impact did, did you and, and this growth in your faith and, and, and being baptized and experiencing communion as you've described, what impact did that have on your kids as they watched and observed you and Kathy kind of leading the family? Well, you're right. It does take a special lady to raise four boys, and my wife is, is very special. When I decided to, to get baptized, I shared that with Kathy and with the boys, mm -hmm. and we talked through it. I shared my testimony with them first, walked through my thought process and where my heart was and why I felt this was important. I'm happy to say that, that my boys did follow in those footsteps and got baptized mm -hmm. as well but that's a that's something that we we discuss as a family mm -hmm. and we talk about and we share you know what we're where our head is and where our heart is we pray for each other and mm -hmm. we discuss these big life decisions and and and, and moments so we're steeped in a community uh, that uh, would affirm infant baptism and uh, there might be some people that attend Hillcrest or in and around our community that wrestle with baptism uh, as an adult for whatever reason they're still hanging on to uh, to either that practice for them or they, they feel like they've gone so many years that that maybe it's just so distant from their conversion they would have a hard time being baptized, what would you say to those individuals who, who maybe uh, are feeling that way, Jim? Well, I would say first pray about it. Bring, bring those fears, bring those concerns, bring those to Jesus and, and let him answer those questions for you. And after that, maybe seek out somebody who has gone through an adult baptism. Because for me, it was really a process of really understanding what baptism is and what that that symbolically means to uh, everyone around me what a significant public declaration that is mm. how being amongst a group of believers can help you throughout your life and and can help surround you in good times and celebrate with you and mm. help carry you through those those difficult times mm. Last question as we wrap up. What's the last encouragement you have for us, Jim, as we uh, wrap up our discussion on communion and baptism? Is there any last thought that you've been thinking that we feel like we haven't covered? To me, baptism was a very personal choice, a very personal decision, one that 
I cherish, one that, that I think was the most important decision of my life. I struggled with it for far too long because I didn't have that one magical moment mm -hmm. to say, aha, yesterday I wasn't, now I am. And because of that, I was nervous about, well, I don't have a testimony to, to, to tell people that's fantastic, that will uh, draw tears or, or, or make somebody cry. Uh, I mean, it was a, a more of a, hey, this is me, and, I, and this is how I developed my relationship with Christ, and this is how Christ worked and, and penetrated that tough outer shell that I made the world believe everything was great, even though inside I knew it wasn't great. Christ broke through that barrier and weighed heavy on my heart mm -hmm. and, and said, this is something you need to do. You need to, if you believe in me, you need to share that with everybody. In baptism, one, uh, joins the community of many, and through communion, we as a community of believers become one. Yeah, thank you, David. Thank you, Jim. And thank you for all of you for tuning in to uh, get some insight into Jim's life and uh, as one of the other lives around here at Hillcrest. Uh, make sure that you go to your, your Apple podcast, your Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts, and click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks again for tuning in.